0: This is the Ezra Podcast. Canelo versus Caleb Plant. Canelo becomes the first undisputed super middleweight champion of the world in a fight that was competitive, extremely competitive. To me, it wasn't close on the scorecards, but it was competitive. And I think that there's a misunderstanding. Or, you know, this is a common thing in boxing, the scoring. And I, it, it's funny that the scoring is even a debate in this fight because it ended in a, in a, uh, you know, TKO knockout stoppage, uh, for Canelo. Yet the, the, the debate, the debate on scoring still, um, continues on. And you know what, this one, I don't believe the judges were wrong. I don't believe the judge had it right. so one judge had it close. He had it up like a round difference. Another judge had it, you know, uh, a little while wi- oh, much wider margin. Other ones in the middle. And the reason why this, the scoring is a controversy in this fight, it's, it's just really what you're looking for. And it's really... Um, there's key factors into it. And I said going into this fight that Caleb Plant was going to have a hard time winning a decision uh, against Canelo. If he was just going to move around the ring and look to tag him once in a while with a jab and keep him off with of his left hand, he was going to have a hard time winning a decision in that. And there's a star factor that has to play into these things. Um, Caleb Plant was going to have a defensive style. Um, but him having a defensive style was still going to, it wasn't going to change it from feeling like a Canelo fight. And what I mean by that is, um, and the example I, I like to use is Floyd Mayweather, right? Floyd Mayweather is a defensive fighter. Um, and his popularity, he was the most famous fighter in the world, but his popularity, uh, he had a feel, you knew what a Floyd Mayweather fight felt like. So if a Floyd Mayweather was against a rope and a guy was flurring on him and he had his guard up, you were going to lean towards those shots were not landing and Floyd's blocking him because that's what it feels like. That's what Floyd does. That's what it feels like. And that's the star quality of Floyd. Is It felt like a Floyd fight. Manny Pacquiao flurries on you. And even if it's on your arms, it feels like a Manny Pacquiao fight. It feels like a Manny Pacquiao momentum. It it, it, it He's going to get those counted for him. Now, Kid Plant did do some nice things defensively. I'm not going to um, say he didn't. And the one flaw that I said he has, he leaned too much to his right side. And he did it at points in the fight and Canelo would catch him at points or he would let he would trap him on that side. What Canelo would do is get turned, uh, he would get on uh, Caleb Plant's left side and hold him down to that right side to look to like bury him to the body, catch him with uppercut or come over with the right. He did do that. But what Caleb Plant did to defer that or to break the habit, he was getting to the Philly Shell shoulder, shoulder roll and blocked everything Canelo was throwing on that side. And it's something he saw probably in the Floyd fight that was, was effective, cause especially cause Canelo is very uh, heavy and wide with those hooks on that side. And it was effective at points. But to say that he was just gonna do that and jab to win the fight, first of all, it's just, it's not enough, it's not enough offense to win a fight like that. He doesn't have the offense to win a fight like that. And you would have to be completely one-sided to where Canelo's not landing at all. He's not even coming close. You're making a miss wide, right? And you would also need a little bit of star power to win like that. You would; It would need to feel where we have can say, hey, that's a Caleb Plant fight. And Caleb Plant's not there yet. He hasn't earned it. He has not earned that, to have that. He's trying to get superstar calls. That's what they call in the NBA, right? Is it James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, they get superstar calls. If LeBron James goes through a free throw, right, and he gets some, gets some contact, he's gonna get it. And if uh, Jordan Poole goes for a free throw, and get some contact and he misses, there's a chance he might not get it because he's not a superstar. He's not gonna get superstar calls. What people wanted was Caleb Plant to get superstar calls against another superstar. It wasn't gonna happen. And I think that if you go back and we talk about you know Canelo versus Floyd in a rematch, right? Say they had run it back. It gave it two years or a year, right? And they ran it back versus Canelo and Floyd. Not only would the big a big problem be, and I think Floyd Mayweather knows this, not only would one uh, problem be that Canelo got uh, considerably better from when they fought, but another problem is he was a superstar at that point. And he was getting superstar decisions and he was getting the benefit of the doubt and he was getting the crowd. And Floyd is, he's aware of these type of things. And if you don't think that's true, right? And I've seen people saying like, you know, if they're going to score this fight for Canelo with Plant doing that defensively, well then, hell, Floyd Mayweather lost the, Canelo fight, well, hell, then he lost the De fight, and that's not me saying that, I'm saying that's what I heard people saying, that they were saying that's why it was ridiculous to kill the plant be down on the scorecards, because of the defensive stuff he was doing, it was similar to what, you know, De did, we gotta remember that, that De La versus Floyd was a split decision, and so it was Canelo versus Floyd, and Floyd knows that, because that's star power, star power is gonna get you some decisions, because if you're working, and the crowd's going crazy, and... And the momentum is building up. Then you're gonna you're gonna get those moments. They're gonna have those moments. That, and Floyd's very aware. He's very smart. He knows exactly how to play the game. So that 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 is common. Canelo did get a split decision. He did get one scorecard. De La Hoya did get a scorecard off of just working. Off of just it feeling like um, a a star was getting action off. So Caleb Plant was not gonna win just throwing a defensive, you know. Uh, a defensive fight where he just made Canelo miss and Canelo's coming forward still the only one really throwing shots. But that's not what happened though either. It wasn't a one-sided fight like where Caleb Pine was making, him. no, Canelo was on him. And yes, Caleb Pine was able to block some, but he wasn't able to block them all. And some were sneaking in and some were just were punishing. And Canelo and Caleb Pine didn't have enough offense. He never built on the success of the defense to start playing offense. He never did, he never did. He didn't maybe in some spurts, he was active with the jab, but it wasn't, enough to say it's a shutout and that's what he needed to do with that style he needed uh, to do more and if he wasn't going to get that then at some point he had to sit down his punches and really claim some ground and it looked like at points he was going to get back to it but i just think canelo hits too hard his combinations are uh they're they're they vary where they're coming from so it's too risky to stay inside and I, i think that caleb plant thought about it, going to that, and then we'll go back to the defensive and just wasn't going to win enough rounds that way. There wasn't enough offense. I also seen from like the second round on that the pressure was going to be a problem. And Caleb Plant had good composure. He showed good skill, showed good ability, showed he was a a high level fighter, but he just wasn't at that level. He wasn't at Canelo's level. And there's there's no shame to that because there probably isn't anyone right now in those weight divisions that is at uh, Canelo's level. If you're talking about Canelo's level, you're going to have to go to you know, uh, Terrence Crawford, Earl Spence, um, you know, someone's going to pop out of the 135 of those guys. One of those guys is going to be that level. You, you know, it, it's not going it, to, there's no one right now at 175 to 168 that is at Canelo's level. Now at 175, the only hope would it be is that you're just too big for him? Because I do think he's a small 168. I thought he was a small 160. So at 168, I think he's small. At 175, it gets interesting because you're just physically bigger, hit harder and can take a bigger shot. But Caleb Plant didn't do enough and you can't we can't paint this picture as if like you know he was winning the fight because if you're try- if you gave Caleb Plant those rounds you were just trying to give him rounds. You wanted to give him rounds going into this fight. Now there's the um you know where does Canelo go from here in this point uh, of his career and I think it's pretty obvious and I said this going in it was going to be a, a Caleb Plant Benavides Charlo. I thought, I thought it was going to go in that order. Now, maybe it switches up where it's, uh, Charlo then Benavides. but I know that he's going to go those three. Some boxing writers bringing up Golovkin, um, they might have alternative motives on why they bring up Golovkin. I can see Golovkin being possible, uh, next year, especially if Canelo's going to fight four times, there's going to be a filler fight. And I think that if you ask anyone, right, of why the Golovkin fight doesn't make sense anymore and why they don't want to see it is because they feel like it's it's a one-sided fight. Well, then if it's a one-sided fight and they feel that way and maybe Canelo feels that way now just because of Golovkin's age and what he's shown lately, well, then Canelo, of those four fights, he's going to need one that's going to be a, a filler, stay busy. Well, then how? Use Golovkin for that because that's going to sell. Still, zone's going to pay for it. Um, it'll still bring great attention and if it's you know, Golovkin's that easy now. He's not really that level opponent that the other guys are. Well, then it wouldn't make sense not to get a big payday and use Golovkin as your stay busy fight. And it's still a decent name on the resume. It's still a big payday. It's still, you know, it's still Golovkin and if Golovkin knocks out Murata. That's it's, it's going to build enough to where like, you're going to say, well, he still has something and he still has power and If you're making Golovkin come up to 160, it's like you have all the advantages. It doesn't make sense for if the money's there and the zone's offering it, and Matchroom wants it. Why not? There's no way you're going to do, what, four or five fights, and they're all going to be, you know, what you consider the tough challenges at that weight class. No, he's going to have a eardrum appearance in there. And I'm not saying Golovkin's eardrum. I would never say that. But I'm just saying that if everyone's perception is that this fight's too easy now for Canelo and Golovkin's too old, then use that as your stay-busy fight. I can see that as a possibility now took some time to think about it but i don't think all every fight will be on the pvc In the next year i don't i think um i think canelo is building a brand i think he's building uh, a blueprint as well of what you do as a superstar and to not be stuck on one promotion and go through a bidding war every time you're gonna fight and he, another thing he's doing and reynoso is doing is they're building a camp and they're gonna build a promotion and it's gonna be Ryan Garcia and there's rumors of Virgil Ortiz coming to their camp and there's Andy and there's uh, Andy Ruiz. You got Frank Sanchez. They, and they're building a promotion here. They're building when well, Canelo built Canelo Promotions and he he got uh, signed a deal with Matchroom and DAZN to have heiress fights and then he goes and now he fights and he's building, he's getting money into the business through his own name and he's gonna do four fights. Why would he do you know four fights? It's because he's building a business. He's building the funding of the business. He's getting all the kinks out. He's getting everything ready to take on the names of Ryan Garcia and Virgil Ortiz and Andy Ruiz. He's building something here. He's a man on a mission. Now, where does Caleb Plant go from here? If I'm Caleb Plant, I'm I'm not taking that too long of a break. I'm not taking too long of a break. I want uh, Darrell. I want Charlo. And if, uh, Brown, Marcus Brown could get the upset over Birbiv, I want him. I'll move to 175 to fight him. I've noticed I've been doing a resume, uh, top five fights. I've been doing like your top five wins of champions of Floyd Mayweather, Zab Judah. I just did a uh, GSP and Usman. And I ranked their top five wins from one to five. And what I noticed is that these guys that fight for the title, right, and they lose that fight, and then somehow, like, diminishes them, and there's a, there's so many other contenders there that they could fight, big names, decent fights, even if you can't just beat the champ, like, I don't think he Plant's ever going to be able to beat Canelo, um, you know, within, like, the next five years, I don't think he's going to be able to beat him, but there's other guys in that division, there's plenty of guys, plenty of good names that he could have a very good, solid career, Hall of Fame career if he just gets those wins, but you're going to have to get a little creative, and you're going to have to be willing to fight. The the those tough guys and the part that kind of hurts Canelo's career, in a way, and it, while hurting you know plants and their resume is they refuse to fight each other, right? The Plant Benavidez never fought each other because they're saving that Canelo payday. Now the Canelo payday is coming. Uh, plant just got it, ten million dollars. Now where you go from here is you should be willing to fight anyone now. Okay, you got the the Canelo payday. It's not gonna come around unless you earn it again. And he's going to have to do some pretty amazing things to earn it. This isn't, you know, the UFC where you just kind of like linger around and you can get you can get back there. He's going to have to, you know, winning is not going to be enough. It's going to have to be big wins over um, big names. And you're going to have to capture the audience's imagination again. That's the most important thing when it comes to boxing is capturing the audience's imagination. So kid Blanche should not sit on the sidelines. You, your name's out there. People thought that you were competitive. People think that you're at that you know, at a at a decent level that you were one of Canelo's toughest opponents in of the like the past five. Get back out there. You got the thing rolling and get Durrell. Get one of these guys that just keep fighting, getting good fights, and just build that resume. Path that resume. These guys they lose to the one man guy and they, there's all these other guys that could fight to path the resume. But you shouldn't just wait on it. You shouldn't wait um for this kind of opportunity to come again, because it's not gonna come again. You gotta you gotta make it happen. I imagine Canelo next year fights Charlo. I imagine he's gonna fight Benavides. I'm gonna say that he's gonna fight Golovkin. Those three fights, right? If you fought those three fights next year, like that would be no one's gonna touch him for fight of the year. No one may even touch him this year for fight of the year. And if he gets another fight in and say he goes and fights, uh, you know, uh, Bivol or something like that, it's, it's it's one of the great years like in boxing, it really is. It's one of the, you know, no one's going to really be able to touch it. But the problem is that none of these guys are fighting each other. So when, when Canelo beats him, right? So Canelo beats Caleb Plant, you go look at his resume, he hasn't really beat anyone. That's where I was, we, you know, people were saying, well, who does he beat? And people were getting mad about that question. And I can't say, like, you you can say, oh, he hasn't beaten anyone, so he's going to lose this fight. That's, that's not how it works, but you would like that to back up, you know, the evidence of what you're seeing or what you're not seeing, right? But now Canelo beats this guy, uh, Caleb Plant, and they say, well, who's he beat? Is he in one of Canelo's top five wins? The truth is he's not right now. Now, is it an investment, maybe? Canelo gets that win now. Uh, Caleb Plant goes on to beat some top guys goes on to win a bout again, goes on to you know go on a run. Then yes, he can come back. He can his his stock get raised to where he comes into uh, Canelo's top five wins. But right now he isn't. Now if he beats Benavidez, who did Benavides beat? Then he beats Charlo. Who did Charlo beat? So then it's like, well, were these guys any good? They, they, them not fighting each other is actually hurting Canelo's career. And I understand the. understand the logic and the thinking of it, right, is to build the names without taking the massive chances or taking the massive damage or taking a loss. But when we're talking all-time greats, um, and, uh, you know, Andrade had the same situation, is that, you know, if you want to fight these guys, just, they're, they're very lucky that Canelo's very active and wants to be active. Because if Canelo was Floyd Mayweather, we'd be seeing half the fights and Floyd would, you know, pick the guys that he feels are gonna sell, but he wouldn't get everyone. You know, some guys get, miss the boat and that's on them. And these guys, they have no one to blame themselves as they say Canelo skips over their name because no one has done anything to truly be in the, you know, driver's seat of a, t- a shot against Canelo. Let's go to the UFC that also happened that night. And uh, let's talk about the main event. And we have um, Usman versus Kobe Covington, and I I, go into this fight thought that Usman would run through Kobe Covington. I thought the improvements made were just you know leaps and bounds from the last time they fought, and I thought that you know Usman clearly won the last fight, the fought. and I thought if he clearly won that one, he's gonna you know destroy Kobe Covington this time because I couldn't see Kobe Covington getting better and i'm not sure he did get better in this fight i didn't i didn't see him proven. i thought he got worse and i thought that usman was definitely it was the fight was going definitely more in his favor and it was definitely a fight uh you know a an usman type fight to win this fight it was everything he needed but he didn't look as sharp as he as he, he had been looking and i don't think that that's you know lack of training i don't think that lack of preparation i don't think it's um lack of skill. What I think it is, is that Usman is very effective when you're also afraid of the takedown. And if you look like at fighters like Gilbert Burns, you look at fighters like Jorge Masvidal, they're very worrisome of the takedown. And that allows him to let go of the hands, um, come forward, and Masvidal is, he doesn't know where to go with it. He doesn't know the sprawl, he doesn't know the block, and it really sets him up for a trap. It really allows Usman to, look impressive um, with the striking. But when the strike, but when the takedown wasn't there, it wasn't even a threat. Usman went back to looking, you know, pretty basic with a up a lot of big mistakes, a lot of head down, a lot of eyes closed, a lot of uh, wild- wildly wailing shots. And Kobe Kovacian just kind of allowed Usman to walk into things and he took his opportunities when Usman would get wild or not understand the range. Um, I had picked Usman to get this fight stopped uh, in the third round. He got a big, big uh, knockdown in the second. and looked like he was going to get stopped. I kind of got stuck in a weird position with Kobe Covington kind of under him, but in between his legs. And you go to the third and you think like, well, okay, we're well, going to finish it, you know? And he, he just could never get it. He could never get it. And as even though Kobe Covington didn't look as good as the stand-up as he did the you know before in previous fights, uh, Usman just kind of walked into things and just kind of lost himself in there and ended up kind of losing a lot of late rounds and I had scored this fight a draw Uh with you know Kobe to kind of winning the last three for me but the knockdown being a 10-8 round for Usman I thought it was a draw they gave it to Usman um, I don't know you know I don't agree with that scorecard but I'm not mad at it either it was a the last round was like super close so honestly you couldn't even get the last round a draw I would have been okay with it but I just don't I don't you know, I didn't think that Usman looked as good as he did in the Mofredo fight. And as he did in the Gilbert Burns fight. And I know you say, well, you know, the, the Kobe Covington is better than them. And he could be, I don't, that's not proven or unproven because Kobe Covington has really never fought anyone else besides uh, Usman. Right. He fought what a Tyron Woodley that was way, way past his prime. Uh, I think he beat Damian Maia. Um He beat uh, Dos Anjos, who's a, a big lightweight who, you know, any of like the, the top bothways basically beat Anjos. But I just think that it just when the takedown's not really there, then Usum comes a lot less effective. And it just looked limited in that point. Um, if you're Kobe Covington, it's kind of the same spot as like where I see Plant. It's like, why not go and fight these tough names? Why not go and build the resume up? I don't I don't see that. No one, I guess no one's looking at it like that. And I guess the pay Structure in the UFC, it doesn't really like lend itself to that being worth it for you, right? It's not making it worth it to go fight uh, Wonder Boy, Gilbert Burns, uh, Masvidal, Leon Edwards. Like those fights are all there, and a guy like Khabib should, to me, should be calling those all out. But if they're not going to get paid right, then might as well go fight the lower end of the top ten, or you know, take a break and not take all the damage. I can see that, but. There's definitely the fighters there there's definitely the names there to really build your resume up and become one of the all-time great welterweights maybe you can't be usman and whether you know even though I think that fight was close and I wouldn't think it's out of the um realm of possibility that they rematch that fight going later on as long as Kobe can to get some wins under his belt but you could still be an all-time great welterweight and this is the landscape to do it now usman it looks like he's more thinking looking at the end of the road you know looking like um, you don't want to do this much longer and he brought up his family and when you start looking at those things and it's just you know the training and fighting is tough Um, I've never I I fought pro once but I've done training like 10 years straight uh, wildcard boxing gym and it's 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 brutal it's not it's not um, every day is pretty hard and every day is unforgiving and you know, we just start seeing that exit. I imagine it's it, it seems pretty good. He's got he's got um, you know they don't get paid the, get paid the best, but he got paid some pretty good paydays to where he should be secure. I just I don't see him going beyond the next year. And you would have to think, you know, what kind of match matchups are we looking at? You got Leon Edwards who's putting him, you know, kind of doing what I'm saying, Kobe Covington to do, just like take out good names. And he's gonna fight Mosfidel, who he, he just beat Nate Diaz. Now he's gonna fight Mosfidel. And you would have to imagine he wins that fight. He's next. You got um Chimayev who Dana kinda of pumped the brakes on him getting, you know, close to the title shot. I think that by the time he does get to title shot, I don't I imagine Usman's not there. You, Gilbert Burns, who beat Wonderboy, but was, you know, knocked out cold by Usman. I think one more win for him to before you start having that conversation. I just I I see that Usman is kind of fighting the same level guy now and leon edwards is a is an extra an excellent test but he doesn't really um push him to the next level of greatness now he would say that you know he'd go to middleweight try to become a champ champ but he would have to pay you know 100 million dollars to fight israel adesanya and it's like you know that's not gonna happen you know the pay is not there so that's that's not gonna happen so it's just it's at the spot where it's like what's really gonna make push over the top and he has a debate you know the debate is who's the better welterweight him or GSP and GSP has like legendary wins. He has wins over Matt Hughes, uh, BJ Penn, uh, Jake Shields. When Jake Shields was getting built in another promotion, there, there was that built like, well, this guy, you know, if he comes here, he's going to dominate, or you know, who would win Jake Shields or GSP? Usain doesn't have that. It, you know, his biggest wins to me are two Mosfedel fights. Um, Tyron Woodley to me is his biggest win because Tyron Woodley was. Looking unbeatable up uh, until the point where Usain just really smokes him. And the two Kobe Covington fights. So Kobe Covington has not be anyone. Not saying he can't, he just hasn't. He has not be anyone of note. The cold main event, you have uh, Rose Nama versus Wei Li Zhang. Or is it Zhang Wei Li? I- Let me see. I wrote, I wrote it somewhere here. Oh, I didn't. I didn't write it somewhere. Okay, I'm just going to say Wei Li Zhang. And they fought in a tough fight, five-round uh, fight, uh, competitive. Some people saw, you know, could see it either way. Um, Rose is very skilled. I think that if she's going to have, uh, you know, a downfall, it'd be a fighter like Zhang, uh, like uh, like Zhang, where she can do the explosive strong. Because Rose isn't the biggest or strongest Um, and she relies a lot on skill. So if you can make her, her, uh, have to, you know, defend the strength, you know, the the sudden explosion thrower, she has a slip up. So where she gets in those positions, that's how she lost the belt is she held on something too long, got slammed on her head and got knocked out. But her skill level is, is one of the highest. And I'm always going to, when you pick someone, you know, oh, this person has a lot of power and they're really strong. I'm going to pick the skill over that. And she did enough to win this fight. Once again, we were, this woman division luckily has like a, a, a good amount of contenders, but the contender that's coming up, uh, Esparza, I, I think that you know she had earned her way to this belt. I don't see her being able to win this belt. I don't see that being too like a matchup, get too excited for because it just doesn't seem like she has what it takes to win this fight, but there's a reason you fight the fights. And I think the UFC is a little hesitant on making the fight because they're just trying to see, they're going to have to sneak it on the card. It's going to have to be the, you know, the third fight on the card. But as, uh, as far as to earn that shot, she's, she's beating everyone they put in front of her. She's on a run. She looks at the best of her game. It doesn't look like it's enough to beat Rose, but like I said, there's a reason they, they fight the fights. And if Rose is going to get smothered or something like that, that would probably be the way she loses the fight. It's just smothered, takedown, and as far as it can control it and use her strength, use her technique on top. Let's go to the next, uh, you know, the big fight. The, you know, probably the fight that was most entertaining on the card. And that was Michael Chandler versus uh, Justin Gaethje. And I had picked Justin Gaethje in this fight. I picked him from second round knockout. I thought the left hook. thought that Michael Chandler has too many openings. And he does. And that's how it proved out. He has way too many openings. He's, he's kind of a one-punch fighter. He has, you know, the left hook as well. But it's mostly just the right hand. And he's looking to knock you out with the right hand. And he doesn't have the best strategy ever coming into a fight. He kind of just... I know what I'm gonna do, and that's what I'm gonna go try to do. And Gaethje, who, when he fought Tony Ferguson, was his complete package, the best he could be. He was strategically aware, he was defensively aware, offense was sharp, good positioning. This fight, he didn't have any of that. He lost that, they just slugged it out. He went back to with Justin Gaethje, who wins some, loses some fights. That's who he was. And his punches just got there better because he has better technique. During combinations, he cuts the fat. It gets sharper as he goes along. And Michael Chandler has zero defense. And you can't just throw punches. And I understand that MMA. You can't block. Or, you know, it's not, you don't have the gloves. Well, how does... You know, some guys do it. Gaethje was able to block some. You know what I mean? There's some guys... Uh, Leon Edwards is pretty good defensively. Some guys do it. So you can't say that. You can't just have your hands down. And you're just swinging right hands. And even the takedown he did was extra fat. Right? And that's why... The takedown, uh, some people say he hurt himself in the takedown, and I just think they were just too wide and allowed Justin Gaethje to get an opening to counter it. Instead of just, you know, the fundamentals of just taking the guy down, which is what the strategy I had and kind of what they thought going into this fight because Chandler was looking for takedown pretty often in this fight. He was looking to get the fight down because he saw Justin Gaethje look helpless when he fought Khabib. Now, that could have just been because he's fighting Khabib, and everyone's probably helpless on the ground fighting Khabib. But I think they wanted to test that. They never got to that point. And then, then the, you know, throwing punches, they're landing bombs. But the guy that's, you know, better technique and his hands are up and they're right, they're ready to go. He's just landing more often. And the uh, the uppercut knocked, knocked him down. I just think that Chandler is what he is. And he could be as entertaining as he wants, but I don't think he's a fighter that wins uh, a lot of fights, especially in that division. And there's a lot of turnover in that division. There's a lot of guys always coming up. It's always extremely competitive. It's not a division that gets old. I don't know how much longer that uh Chandler's run will be. I imagine that his next fight will be considerably less uh you know, not the level that he's been fighting at with Charles Oliveira and uh Dan Hooker and Justin Gaethje. And now Justin Gaethje gets a big win, a lot of hype because that was a great fight, and I could see him, you know, being next for the belt after uh Poirier Versus uh, Olivera. I don't. It's not a fight if he fights like that that I see he could be either guy. Even though Justin Pori's kind of defense is kind of trash at times, but I don't know. I just uh, I think that that's going to be Gaethje's problem is how focused can he stay? And they they had him for one moment, and it was the fight where he didn't have a crowd in. You know what I mean? Versus Tony Ferguson, so maybe that did something to him. Maybe that didn't allow him to get too crazy or off the rails, but. The way he fought there, it just I can't see him beating or winning a title like that. It just It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. He's too open, he's too wild, he's burned his energy because it was a fight really he should have stopped Michael Chandler, he didn't have the energy the gas tank to do it and that just, that comes from just completely throwing out everything and just going wild. You know, wild shots are not without uh, damage to yourself because it destroys your cardio. You miss, you're off balance, you put yourself in position, to get knocked out and that's what Justin Gaethje went back to, and I don't know, uh, haven't heard Trevor Whitman's interview or anything like that, but I wonder if, you know, if he says anything about it, like, you know, it wasn't, I understand it's entertaining, but it wasn't the smartest fight, it wasn't, you know, two guys swinging at each other, wow, that it's, it's entertain it's entertaining, you could watch on YouTube, it was, like a street fight or something like that, but you kind of, with Justin Gaethje, when he has more skill, more ability, you kind of want to see that, it's kind of disappointing when you don't see it, you don't see him apply what he truly could be, but, all that consistency is a skill and that's an attribute that makes a champion and maybe he just doesn't have that maybe it's just a mental block for him and he'll just always end up in those kind of brawls and that will always be a win some lose some type of fighter because of it thank you guys for listening this has been the s rock podcast